0: Doki dokie folks and welcome back to Monday Night Shaw right here on Backbreaker Podcasts with me Kyle Shaw aka The Canadian Goose and my guest this week of course um, he's well known across Canada uh, even down into the States Uh, it is uh, the weirdo hero ravenous Randy Myers Randy how are you doing today bud? I'm doing spectacular. Thank you so much for having me on your show, friend. Hey, no problem. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you coming on the show. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I know you've been wrestling now for like
1: a, a very long time. How long have you uh, been wrestling for? Oh, yeah, that makes me sound old. But yeah, no, I've been wrestling for a, a very long time indeed. I've been wrestling for 20, 21 years, 20 years, 20, 21 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's 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 crazy. I mean, not I'm not trying to make you sound old cuz I I I still like if I was going to guess your age, I would venture to guess you're under
1: 40. I appreciate that. That is true. I am. I am on uh the higher side, but I am uh, I am I'm still under 40.
0: I mean, it's, that's pretty impressive to have a 20-year uh wrestling career under your belt before you're 40. Yeah, it's not bad. Not
1: bad. It shows that uh you spent your youth doing some uh you, you made some choices during your youth that you stuck to all these years, and that's good.
0: So uh, um, what was it that drew you to wrestling in the first place that got you interested in in your youth and, and wanted to pursue it?
1: Um, I, well, wrestling was just like I was – Youth, like I started in 2000. So I started at like the end of like the last really big boom of wrestling when wrestling was super popular. And so it was like the coolest thing in high school. At least I thought it was the coolest thing in high school. And I didn't care about anyone who disagreed with me. So I basically uh, just like wrestling was so cool. Like it was Stone Cold and The Rock and Mick Foley and all that stuff that was like when I was 17, 18, yeah. that I started like felt like head over heels before i'd always known wrestling was around but it wasn't something that was like my thing until uh a friend of mine frank that i was a friend of in junior high he introduced it to me uh, like reintroduced it to me and then i was like ah this is something i need to do
0: right on so uh how did you go about uh finding your way like your way into uh the wrestling business because i mean at, at that time i'm sure it was a little bit more closed doors than it is now
1: Yeah, I know for sure. I was lucky enough to be born in Calgary, so that meant like there was all sorts of different like opportunities that there weren't to other people. So, Stampede Wrestling had restarted in 1999, so I started going to like some live shows then, and that was what kind of like was like the final deal breaker that was like this is what I need to do, not something I wanted to do. It turned to something I needed to do after I saw it live and was like infected by the joy of professional wrestling. So um once that kind of happened i was like i said i was in calgary Stanby wrestling had started they started airing their show on <clears throat> on a channel at the time and then i would watch i would go to the shows on friday nights and then two weeks later the show would be aired uh on tv so uh they would have commercials in between it for like bj's gym which had uh, a pro wrestling camp for kids at the time and it had so teddy hart had these commercials that came on and were like you want to be a professional wrestler call this number uh and they were on during the commercial breaks and so I was like oh you know what if i want to do this um, you know there's a number right there on tv so, uh, so, so i just called the number and started there so is ted hart the one that trained you i i trained in ted hart's pro wrestling camp is one way to say it
0: oh okay um uh, Why? Why do you say it that way? Is it? Is it? Is it like an interesting story? Is there like a conglomerate of? Oh, he. I don't think he trained anyone.
1: He didn't train. Ten didn't train anyone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was basically like he had a camp that was. Um. He was like he was working with. uh, With uh, Stampede Wrestling at the time, and so he was like the young star, and him and TJ Wilson and Harry Smith were all having these like phenomenal matches. Um at the shows they were like kind of they were like in the undercard at the time but you could tell that they were like the stars where some of the people who were in the main event at the time were a little bit long in the tooth or just you know had been like were older wrestlers at the time as opposed to these young people that were my age mm-hmm. so seeing people doing stuff that was my age really like made it seem doable so yeah the, the pro wrestling camp was r- run at bj's gym but Ted was super was being Ted at the time, so which he always is. So uh, I was trained by Harry Smith and by uh, T.J. Wilson.
0: Oh, okay, solid. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I I'm pretty sure that uh, they also trained uh, M.R.B. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I was there. Uh, I was there at the time, and like, yeah, I helped in that process as well. So I'd started in 2000, and M.R.B. started in 2004. 2004 um so yeah I was able to be the round there to like kind of be a guiding wing there when the uh, TJ and Harry were out on touring or whatever like that so
0: nice. so was it kind of like um when once TJ and uh Harry uh ended up venturing off to like greener pastures did you kind of become like the main guy uh in Alberta sort of uh
1: yeah I was well I was the guy doing the training out of BJ's so yeah, it kind of went through a couple different hands. But at that time, yeah, I was the main trainer at BJ's for two, three years. That up until like the close. So basically, yeah, I took over the camp from uh, Tyson Kid, who had basically done the majority of the training. Uh, Harry, Harry was there a lot of the time, but he was in and out. Where Tyson was like, you could set your watch too, that he'd be there every day. So him and Natalia were there all the time. And then, like I said, Harry was... In and out all the time. He was a constant fixture as well, and then yeah, Ted would be here and there.
0: Wow, that's that. I mean, that's definitely some some like good pedigree to be learning from. I would imagine because like like everybody knows what uh, you know, Natty and TJ and Harry and uh, even Ted to f- some extent have, have
1: gone on to uh, achieve in in wrestling. That's pretty clear. for sure. Yeah, 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 no, definitely have they had already achieved so much at that time when I first met them. And then they've gone on to do such great things now, which was something you could tell was going to happen. Like that's when I first saw them on the stampede wrestling shows, I could tell that there was just like something like untapped potential with these young stars.
0: Yeah, like I, I mean, I remember seeing them pop up once in a while. On like, you'd see like MLW would feature like uh, TJ Wilson and Harry Smith coming in for like this, this uh, matches and stuff. And you'd be, it was, it was, it was kind of it's, a, it's a weird thing because like when I think back to like mainstay like independent wrestling that I would seek out on video and stuff, like not a lot of it came from Alberta. Like it's weird because like there's yeah, really wrestling going on here, but like. You think of, like, Ring of Honor and C, uh, CZW or Chikara, that kind of, like, stuff. But, like, for some reason, like, I don't know why the Alberta scene is not, like, a talked-about fixture of independent wrestling. You know what I mean?
1: No, for sure. There's lots of uh, – I could yeah I could definitely yeah. – there's lots of different reasons, I think, for that, for that um, <laughs> to be true. But, yeah, it was definitely not a scene and still isn't a scene. Canada – it's not Alberta, man. Like, there's some stuff that comes out of Ontario. Do you know what I mean? But other than that, like, there's not, like, what are the main promotions that are considered, like, the same level of the promotions you just spoke of out of Canada? There's, like, none.
0: Well, I mean, I know for a little while we had Impact was kind of like a Canadian wrestling promotion. But then now it seems to be it's it's back in the States.
1: Yeah and I think that was only for name value only really more than anything else. Like I mean there was <clears throat> a lot of Canadians featured on it and that was great. But that was all east coast people. There was still nobody featured from the west coast. Yeah. Unless they were living in the east coast at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So you you ended up like you started off in uh uh Calgary like you said, but I know you also uh, had a quite a uh, run out in BC. Is that what yeah. you, you're currently uh, still in BC? Yeah, I'm totally. I'm still out in Vancouver right now. So when, uh, right this moment, when you decided to uh, leave Alberta and go to Vancouver, what what sort of facilitated that that decision? Was that like based on wrestling, or was that based on uh, something else?
1: Oh, for sure, it was based on like wrestling. I had kind of been wrestling uh, at that point. Not kind of. I had been wrestling for ten years in the Alberta territory, as it were. And just like you just said, there were like there was nothing really happening like no one was biting no one nothing was moving so it was kind of a stale pond at the time so i had kind of i had, had an opportunity with wwe in 2009 which didn't go through so then i kind of uh i kind of was like okay so i've done everything there to do in alberta there was some there was like eccw out here was doing some interesting stuff at the time and seemed like it was a step in a different direction from what I was doing in Alberta and like kind of turning my wheels there. Um, so, yeah, I kind of decided to make the move to just kind of, yeah, it was like a lateral move to a certain degree, just to like, like I say, most of Canadian wrestling is pretty much the same, but at least BC has a connection to some promotions in the States where below Alberta, you're not going to get work in Montana
0: yeah, no, I, I I can't think of any Montana wrestling federations that are no
1: um, right. And so, and I found like I was tired of working in front of uh, like a, an audience that wasn't necessarily growing in progressiveness as well. Um, I was I was struggling with that from the Alberta scene where it felt like very much locked in a, a certain era of wrestling. And that if it wasn't wanting, if it was didn't fit into those kind of boxes, that it was very hard to make any sort of headway or even do anything new. It felt like it's very much wanting to be stuck in a stuck in a thing. And people like MRB have done the work to move that to another level to progress it. But yeah, I had i done what my what I thought I could do, and it was just kind of right, it was time to move on.
0: It, was it just like um what did you think that the fans were not really uh interested in seeing anything progressive or was it like the promoters weren't willing to take the chance on presenting anything uh progressive like um i would say both
1: i would say both i think that people kind of get used to things a certain way and then think that that's always gonna work and then see things from the past and then try and reiterate the past the amount of stampede wrestling revivals that have existed um trying to bring back that heart the the greatness of the heart stampede wrestling back in the day is ridiculous um rather than like honoring the tradition and carrying it on people try and kind of relive it and i think that's never going to work
0: i mean i i have not heard like a lot of You know, positive things about all the like Heart Legacy revivals and stuff. Like, it's it's kind of it is very sad because like you want you want wrestling to be like represented as like a good thing and stuff. And you know, when when you go down there and and then you use like the Heart name, but then there's they don't have uh, referees at the show you know, they haven't, like, there's there's all kinds of problems and stuff, it's 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 kind of a bummer, you know? Like, oh, it for makes sure. the whole I'm... operation look rinky-dink, because you're putting, like, the biggest name on the most, you know, rinky-dink operation, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that that's, yeah. And, and I'm not trying kind to, of like just bury
1: Hart uh, Legacy or anything, I just... No, 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 no. Yeah. It's just our opinions, and I, not, I hope for nothing for but the best for people, and I hope Success in the future, but I also want to encourage people to be as professional as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, but I mean, there has been there has been some some leeway. I mean, there has been like some progress made, like you say, like everything with MRB. Like it's interesting now because RCW, uh, where I generally I wrestle um, for for Stephen, right for Steven Waschuk Squig, um, for longest time we didn't interact with like guys from mpw and pwa like we wouldn't have them on our shows unless it was like an out-of-town show right but now it's kind of become like uh it's it's like the like proverbial uh forbidden door has been open you know because we've been having a lot of like pwa and mpw wrestlers just show up and wrestle on our shows and I i think it's fantastic
1: Um, no for sure it's important to have those things like that was one of the things that was a thing in every region kind of these ideas of like owning specific talent owning independent talent Um, it's ridiculous the idea that you could own somebody that you're not paying full time you know what I mean if you're not paying me not to be on their shows then I'm going to do their shows Um, you don't own any talent and saying that like trying to do that is ridiculous. And so I'm glad to see that those forbidden doors have been so, so so-called forbidden doors have been broken where I think they were made of cellophane to begin with. But um, yeah, I'm glad to see that people are able to work with other people and have different opportunities and uh, explore, you know, work with each other and then work with each other's strengths and weaknesses and learn from each other that way.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, I mean, even like, we were just a part of the uh, Love Wrestling thing, which that didn't just use guys from all three local promotions here in Alberta, but, like, guys from all over the country. Like I, I And I don't know what the status of, like, you know, Holden Albright and Casey Spinelli's status in, in Ontario. Maybe they're from different promotions out there, right? Like, so the fact that all came together and they did the change the game uh, thing, I think is, is a really special uh, thing. How, how did you end up getting involved in, in that whole operation?
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think what like they did over at love wrestling was a really special thing. And I think the name fits perfectly for what Alberta needs right now. And the whole operation in general had the ethos of what Alberta and wrestling in general could use right now. So, um i've been in talks with um with spencer for quite a while spencer love for quite a while just kind of um being both wrestling people from similar areas that uh, we kind of have similar interests as well outside of wrestling so we we reach, he reached out to me at one point and i had done his podcast and then he kind of mentioned to me that he might be wanting to do his show sometime and then i'd showed my interest in wanting to work for him so it kind of just uh snowballed from there he kind of took that lead and ran with it and he saw an opening in wrestling in general, not just Alberta wrestling, but Canadian wrestling to kind of bring everyone together and kind of have that like a show with no forbidden doors or whatever you want to call it. And just a place where we could all unite as wrestlers who love wrestling and wrestling fans who love wrestling pun intended, not pun intended, but a place where we could all gather and feel safe and, do what we love to do and do it in a safe way. So that's kind of when I heard. He was doing that. um, Alberta wrestling's always held a big place in my heart and I haven't been there in so long that it felt like the perfect way for me to come back.
0: Well, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I got to see uh, uh, definitely a little bit of, of your match and I thought that your presentation was fantastic. Like very like outside the box, like, uh stuff you know um
1: oh thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah like i I, it just like it wasn't like your average like you know guy in tights going out there and wrestling like there was a lot of like fun and like you know just like extra entertainment stuff put into it which i i really appreciate i mean
1: of course oh thank you yeah no i try to go out uh, like trying to like i try to present the wrestler that i would have wanted to see and a wrestler that uh yeah, like I said, that might fill in a place that wasn't ever, you know, had the spotlight put on it before. So, I think I fit that mold. Uh, I think I fit that mold quite well, and I'm happy to wear it.
0: Yeah, um, how does you how did your character evolve to uh, like become what it is now? Did you start off as like more of a straight laced, uh, you know, meat and potatoes guy, and then sort of evolve into the more over the top thing, or did you did you always be like this uh as flamboyant and whatnot as as you were at the love wrestling show
1: um i've definitely like been an evolution of my character over the years uh, i've always like had the same name i've never like changed that it's always been Randy Myers ever since i had my first backyard wrestling match um but from where i started it was kind of like i would never say i was like meat and potatoes i was never like interested in doing that um well, I was always interested in doing the more showy side of wrestling. Um, I was never, I've never been into sports. I've never like, uh, yeah. So I'd rather do something that's like uh, more showy. And so yeah, it's it's just evolved over the years, one piece at a time of kind of like eroding um, what I was trying to show, like coming out originally trying to find, trying to fill the hole of kind of my own lack of masculine role models in life and my own maybe a lack of masculinity by there's attributed to by that so trying to be like maybe more macho to begin with and then slowly but surely had those kind of like like i say, eroded away for showing like my punk rock side then being a little bit more open about my mental health stuff and then more open about my sexuality and my gender and stuff like that as it comes more and more so kind of yeah, the more I felt comfortable in the ring, the more I felt exposing myself in the ring. Where keeping my pants on.
0: <laughs> right on, right on. So it's all—it's all, it's all kind of like has has your uh, your outlet in wrestling. Like ha- has that helped you in your real life? Like the fact that you can go out there in the middle of the ring and just basically do like whatever you want. Has that like helped you it, it, like deal in life with like, I mean, like your sexuality and, uh, your, your mental health and, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. It's been both, I'd say like, uh, hard to deal with in that way, being in a hyper masculine world that is wrestling, um, to be kind of open about that stuff is at least up until recently was kind of taboo. um, definitely in kind of some of the older scenes. Um, But it's been definitely, the fans have never had a problem with it. Like, at least from my experience, every time I presented that way, my truth to the fans, the more honest I've been, the more they've, they've been accepting of me. But I think that comes with more accepting crowds too. I don't think there's any way I could have come out in an Alberta ring. Oh, okay. You know, I would have been a heel 100% of the time. And that to me, I had no interest in being the status quo. I'm different than you. So that means be scared of me or yeah anything like that. That to me is like such a turn off. And so othering that I wasn't interested in doing that. So being that I am pansexual bisexual whatever i can play a more macho side um i would always present that side when i was in the ring because i knew that that side was less likely to be called nasty things and was less likely to like was less vulnerable of me to show so it was a side that i felt was more of an armor than anything else and being like always being kind of a feminine i'd had been made fun of in the past or growing up and stuff like that so it was a sensitive spot so it wasn't something i was comfortable showing in alberta so that was more a thing that kind of came out when i started doing work out in vancouver and then in washington as well
0: have you had to deal with like uncomfortable situations where like maybe the crowd goes off and like starts like chanting homophobic slurs or anything like that like how do you deal with that sort of thing
1: that doesn't happen out here well that's good and, uh, yeah i've never had that happen to me once And i've only had that happen to me when i wasn't playing this character in uh, alberta really? unfortunately unfortunately yeah. yeah so that's where that's my experience with it um, which led me to some hesitancy to come to do the love wrestling show as much as i was on board with working for Spencer and working with MRB and coming back and seeing all my fans and stuff. There was that hesitation of being able to present myself, how I'm most comfortable presenting myself in front of an audience that, or an audience that is not that the Edmonton audience was ever bad to me. They were always really sweet to me, but an audience that maybe wasn't ready or not, not ready, but just hadn't seen me in that light before. Hadn't seen me living my authentic self. And that could be jarring at times when people are used to one presentation and they see a new one.
0: Yeah, no, I I I kind of uh, hear what you're trying to get at for sure. Um, like, is is that like a, a like a that's that's a weird thing to me? Cause like I I don't know I I like I can't really relate because like I, I I don't know like I'm a, a, like a straight male white guy, right? Um, yeah. So like, but like, I I have har like I just can't. It's it it boggles my mind that you would be more concerned about the the reaction of like the fans rather like than the guys. But then like that also like it like that's saying something too, right? Like I was like, who would be more like uh, uh, like resistant to to just like being openly like who you are in the world would it be the fans or would it be like the other wrestlers who do kind of have like a like you know like it's kind of a t- testosterone driven you know
1: thing like it's it's a bit of a boys club you know what i mean yeah that and that's what is kind of which what i didn't find i didn't feel that at all at the love wrestling show i have felt that in the past at Wrestling shows all over the world, so it doesn't. That's not necessarily Alberta at all. It's just where I came up, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's a politically charged time right now, too. Like, there's a lot of like uh, federations and stuff that are are having to deal with the the, the whole COVID uh, restrictions and all that. I know that, like, out in in uh, Winnipeg, it's 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 a real hot button issue and stuff, and. Like, I try not to, to really, like, go off and and get political on, like, you know, publicly. Because I, I don't know. I just don't think anyone really cares about my personal political opinions and stuff. But I am very much, like, a, hey, do what you want to do. Be who you want to be. Like, just don't hurt other people. Like, that's, yeah, no, for that's sure. kind of the where I fall onto, like, politics. But, like... It is like a weird, like politically charged time right now and like all over the world. But we're also just like we're all clamoring to be in the ring because it's been something that's we we took for granted for so long and then was like, oh, no, like under certain circumstances, you just you're not allowed to put on shows, you know,
1: totally. It was something that like everything like we're so privileged here in like North America and just in general, in the world, the time that we live in, that we have so much just at our fingertips and our disposal all the time that we can kind of like, yeah, take all these things for granted. We could pretty much do anything pre COVID that we wanted to do within reason. Um, And now to have all that taken away, uh, I think, yeah, we do realize how much we miss it and stuff like that. And I think it has shown a lot of things that like what people are willing to do and safety concerns that people are willing to toss to the side. Um, just so that they can get their wrestling fix i understand wrestling is gonna what it does is it gives us all adrenaline and it gives us all you know it boosts our ego so it's really a drug so i understand that people going without the drug that they've been accustomed to for you know years and years and years and then not having that drug to kind of coursing through their veins is painful and hurts but yeah you got to do you got to take care of people the best you can and we've all got to make sacrifices unfortunately and that was the one that a lot of us performers had to make
0: yeah and i mean it it is fortunate that like like that shows are like happening and and you know like for the most part of all the ones i've like been a part of everybody is doing their part to make sure that you know what is going on at these shows is being done like as safely as possible you know totally yeah, that's 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 definitely a good thing. I know uh, you you mentioned earlier that you didn't have any like interest in like uh, the sports side of wrestling, and you were more interested in theater. And I know that for a while you were improv uh, involved in improv. How did you get involved in improv? Uh,
1: well, I was actually something I'd always been interested in. So <laughs> I came into wrestling, being that I was a theater kid growing up. Uh, I was super hyper in my high school days. So I ended up getting kicked out of drama class because I just refused to settle down and I kept taking wrestling bumps and was just a wild Tasmanian devil. So that kind of left a void in my artistic endeavors, which is kind of something I'd always pursued. So getting involved in wrestling was like kind of a placeholder for, not placeholder, but was kind of like the ultimate. It was my ultimate form of of theater but it was improv was always something that I wanted to explore as well uh, comedy's always been something that's been like before wrestling I was always interested in doing comedy um, so the idea was like I wanted to do either improv or I wanted to do wrestling I went to improv class when I was 17 everyone was in their mid 30s I went to a wrestling cal- class everyone was 15 16 17 so I'm like oh I got to wrestle first and then I can do improv later So when I was living out here and I got the opportunity to be like a guest spot as a a local wrestler and do an improv show, I definitely, I jumped at it and then kind of met some friends through there and then they sunk their talents into me and I was part of their community for four plus years and had some wonderful times and made some lifelong friends and yeah, learned some cool stuff. So I recommend improv for anyone like interested in doing anything within the entertainment field and like or if you just wanted to get more comfortable in your own skin, it's a great like tool for your tool belt.
0: Yeah, no, I I I agree a hundred percent. Like, I did a lot of like improv when I was in high school, and then like after that, I kind of I, I was weird though. Like, I joined. I was like, oh, there's a bunch of thirty year olds here. This is perfect. Yeah, that- <laughs> you know. So anyway, I was I did a bunch of improv like back in the day, and then I found out like it it kind of dawned on me pretty quick that like a wrestling match is like an improv game. It's just yeah, a little sure. bit more physical, you know,
1: definitely. Yeah. A lot more physical in some cases,
0: but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I, and, and I think that's one of my favorite parts about wrestling is sometimes like, you know, like there's been times where the, the, you know, promoter will be like, okay, go out there and then do a promo and then have your match and stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. And then you walk out there and, You think of your promo while you have the microphone in your hand and you're talking. And sometimes it works really well. And, you know, once in a blue moon, it doesn't. But, like, when it does, it's like that's like magical.
1: You know what I mean? For sure. Totally. Those are those moments that, like, yeah, when you're feeding off the energy of the crowd and you've got like that confidence in yourself and you know, like, A little bit of something you might say, but like some bullet points, but you go out there and just kind of half wing it. Those, yeah, magic can happen definitely there. You leave room for that magic, right? Where if everything's planned out meticulously and practiced a million times, then it's probably not even going to be the best time you did it when you're out there. You know, if you practice it 50 times in your mirror and then you do it once in the ring, probably like the 39th time you practiced it in the mirror was the best one. And the one in in front of the audience is there, you know, so leaving room for some improv is great.
0: Yeah. Well, how, would you apply that to, like, the physicality of your matches, too? Because, like, I know that, like, once in a while I'll show up and, and they'll have me uh, wrestling with somebody that's, like, from – that's been wrestling for a very long time. And, like, I walk up and they'll be like, oh, uh, what do you want to do tonight in the match? And they're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll see you out there tonight. You know I will wrestle. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like – it's just a, like a complete improv match. And then sometimes you talk to some people and they want to plan every single thing that happens. Like um, wh- where does, where do you kind of fall uh, on, on that spectrum?
1: Well, I think that um, I don't know. I, I, I think that's just different definitely definitely different styles where people have been taught and comfortability and stuff like that. Also kind of what kind of style you match you want to have. It's really hard to call like a complicated high spot on the fly you know what I mean? With like all sorts of counters and reversals and stuff like that, especially not knowing necessarily what your competitive, like the person you're wrestling can do. Um, so I think if you're going out there you like that, you're probably going to have more likely a body slam, kick, punch, chop, stay in the corner, move on a clothesline ma- kind of match where it's going to be fine, but it's not necessarily going to have the intricacy of, um, of, of a planned match. So I yeah. personally want to go in there with um, a plan of some sort, for sure. Um, I think that's just likely the best way to do it, especially if I've never wrestled a person before. I think it's kind of like, I don't know what they do. I don't know how great they are or whatever. and I don't know how good they're going to take my moves. So um, I I also don't want to do the same moves everyone's seen a million times. So. Knowing you can take a hip toss is great, but I'm probably not going to do a hip toss in my match, so that's not super useful. Okay. Yeah.
0: Like, I I, I just, I, like, I think that it's uh, good to have, like, a little bit of a balance for sure, too.
1: For sure, yeah. Leave a little bit of room, like I said, for that magic to happen, you know?
0: Um. Yeah. Like, and I, I'll be honest, like, when I did, like, walk up to the guy and he's like, yeah, you know how to wrestle, I'll see
1: you out there. I Like, I almost, like, shit my pants. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, no, I don't know. I think we're putting each other's like our lives in each other's hands. Um, I'm not like, I'm not afraid to say no to a move. If somebody wants to like, Hey, I'm going to give you the tiger buster 97 off the third rope into the second row. I'll be fuck you. No, you're not like, so if you're calling that to me in the ring, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like there's just kind of, I, we need to know each other's limitations when we go out there. We're giving each other our bodies and stuff like that. Um, so I don't want to be, like, finding limitations in the ring or have you call a spa and have me be like, no, in the ring, you know. So I'd rather know all that stuff in the back. And if you leave room, there's obviously going to be little things and who cares about this or that. But, like, there's certain things I think we need to call in the back to just make sure it's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, like, uh, 100%. I mean, especially, like, I, I feel like if you're going to, like, use like weapons or anything like that, that needs oh, God, to be yeah. discussed beforehand. <laughs> like, totally.
1: Yeah. It's like wrestling is like sex. It's like you, you're you not going to be like halfway through sex and start using like some crazy fucking BDSM tool on somebody whipping them or something like that and then be like, oh, I thought you were cool with this because we we're making out. Like that's not necessarily how things work. Let's ask up front. <laughs> yeah. The, um. The, yeah.
0: Uh, of course, the the one hundred percent, for sure. Um, I also know. Um, just touching off the improv thing, that you were uh, you you made a uh, film. You were part of a, a film, the Weirdo Hero. Um, can you just tell me a little bit more about the the movie? How did that come together? What was like your role in the
1: the making of the film? And um, uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about it. For sure, it's uh, it's called yeah, it's the Weirdo Hero. It's a web series now but it was originally made as like a film and we showed it one time at a beautiful big screen theater out here and felt really cool to see my little face up there. Um, so it was a story about a wrestler who's kind, who's finally won the cha- the local championship belt, uh, thought that that would kind of fix all of his like woes in life and like solve his mental health issues. And when it didn't, then it brings him like close to brings up his depression even stronger. Uh, and then Kind of his turmoils through that, through working a daytime job, like a nine to five job during the week and living this life as a hero on the weekend and kind of having trouble with like that duality of that. And that kind of like head games that that'll play on you kind of almost like sometimes it feels like forced bipolar where it's like on the weekend you're having your name chanted by x amount of lovely individuals in an audience in a wrestling audience and then on monday you're getting yelled at by your boss for not wearing the right colored socks you know mm-hmm. uh so it's kind of about the the trials and tribulations and cheesy as that sounds of uh, independent professional wrestler dealing with mental health issues
0: solid uh, is acting something that you uh were going to pursue like is there any other uh, projects you've um tried to become involved in
1: yeah i'm always i'm always willing to like take on any kind of creative project um assuming like the heart's in the right place and i'm interested in working with the people doing it so yeah I'm, i'd never say never to anything like that i've always like acting always been something that's been in, like an interest of mine and so yeah i'm not opposed to doing more stuff i'm currently just doing some stand-up stuff so that's kind of where i've been focusing my energy during quarantine when i couldn't be in the ring i jumped on that stand-up stage so that's kind of where my artistic endeavors have been mainly focused outside of the ring.
0: Like uh, stand-up comedy.
1: Yeah, that's where I've been doing. So that was always kind of something I've been interested in. Like we said, I did um, improv comedy. I've done, and then I kind of moved from that into like sketch comedy. And then from that, I moved into doing straight-up stand-up. So now I'm doing like, yeah, five-minute sets here and there around town. And it's been super fun. And the community has been really like inviting and like been really sweet and it's interesting to be around like a different uh form of entertainer
0: how how would you relate like uh the like the the politics and like the the atmosphere of of like comedy to to wrestling like if you have a group of comedians how similar is that to having a group of like wrestlers you know like in a social situation like
1: Do you understand what I'm kind of getting at? Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely like that strong sense of uh, testosterone in both vibes because they are both kind of, unfortunately, boys clubs for the most part. I tend to like lean towards feminine energy. So, I mean, whenever I find like um, female wrestlers or anyone who's like kind of like they're not necessarily presenting entirely as masculine, I'm kind of lean towards that. So there is a lot of... Masculinity within comedy, but then there's also this wonderful thing where in wrestling everyone wants to look like They're a member of the X-Men. You know what? I mean, we've all got our own superpower, but we're all those also like perfect in every single way and Comedy is more about showing your flaws So it's kind of like to be out as a comedian with mental health issues is like yeah We all have mental health issues, buddy. No big deal Where being out as a uh, comedian with or a wrestler with mental health issues is more of a rarity. So it's kind of interesting to see. That would be, I would say, the biggest difference between the two crews is one of them is like proud of their flaws and shows them off, and the other one tries to hide all their flaws and talk about how great they are. So that's kind of like the differences, I would say.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that's 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 pretty interesting for sure.
1: I mean, that's broad. Obviously, there's like different shades of everything. and But that's what I would say. The average stand-up is going to go up there and talk to you about maybe what's wrong with them. Where uh, the average promo is definitely not going to talk to you about what's wrong with them. It's going to be talking about how big their biceps are and how strong they are and how great their finishing move is. And So it's kind of fun to see the other side of that, where people are promoting themselves for their lesser for their, like, for their flaws, for what's seen as flaws, I guess.
0: Okay, yeah. That, that I mean, that that's... Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying because, like, yeah, you wouldn't... There, it would be hard to cut a promo and, like... I mean, you could try to humanize yourself maybe by, like, saying, hey, these are my flaws, but this is
1: how I'm going to overcome them and beat you on Sunday, you know? Like... Yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. It always comes down to to that in wrestling. So it's kind of nice to have an opportunity to kind of emote uh, some different emotions that I kids That it's harder to pull out from a wrestling performance.
0: So I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts too um, on some of the other uh, some of the other talent. Um, I know that you're still a part of the uh, Vancouver scene, and that they've just launched a new uh, wrestling organization out there called uh, New. N-E-W. indeed yep uh can you tell us Nation extreme about, wrestling yeah yeah can you tell us a little bit about that and uh what your involvement has uh been thus far and uh where you're where you're hoping
1: things will go with that so far i've just done the, the new two show i did uh, i wrestled uh an ex or a former foe of mine and uh dave bishop and he's a phenomenal talent out here so yeah i think what news is trying to do is very similar to what love wrestling is trying to do with um trying to ex- explore the talent that is kind of based within Canada and give, put a spotlight on Canadian talent where it's never been before. So kind of like going back to one of our earlier questions about how there is isn't necessarily the spotlight on Canadian talent. I think right now people are, there's a couple different people trying to do that very thing. And I'm very honored to be part of new and they've got some really great talent on that roster and like bringing in surprises all the time and are running things on a professional level that I've never seen done in Canada. So I think their potential is really like, I don't know, I've never seen anything run like this. So their potential is more than I've seen from other promotions.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I saw like some some photos on Instagram and some like uh, small clips on uh, YouTube and stuff. And I was really impressed with like the production value. For sure, yeah. The, there was like an actual like big screen there with people like you know had their videos and stuff and i we we definitely were aiming to have that at the uh, love wrestling thing but we had we had a couple of uh little first first time out uh troubles or whatnot but the the any but yeah the NEW seemed to have like the full-blown like pay-per-view presentation set and it was really like i was really impressed with everything that i've i've seen
1: uh, yeah, that's exactly there. where I'm at. I've been doing this, like we said, for a, quite a while. So, and been doing it in the Canadian scene for quite a while and have seen people try and do something, but I've never seen anything pulled off on this level thus far. So, and I think it's just going to be bigger and better things. So, New Three, November 27th is the first show, and then uh, part one of New Three, and then New Three B or Part Two would be December 3rd. Uh, both of those shows are going to be in Vancouver, and they're going to be phenomenal, big shows at a nice, beautiful venue downtown. So, new thirty-plus venue. Third. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I, I don't know. Is that what it is? New three B? New three B? Right? I, I, I'm not uh, sure. I, hmm. I actually
0: haven't seen the uh, advertisements for the third. I don't
1: one think yet, there but... is one. I think we're making it up on the fly right, right. here. So either I mean... new three B or new three. Point two, Night two of, of new three B. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Night two of of new three that, B. That's it. Okay. Well Which won't um, be in three D.
0: Yeah, definitely, uh folks, if you if you do get a chance uh to go check out that. Um R- Randy, let's uh hit your uh your social media plugs and whatnot, and then after that
1: uh, I guess we'll
0: talk a little bit about your ventures into the WWE.
1: Sure. Um, you can find me at the weirdo hero on Instagram or at Ravidus Randy on Twitter or Randy Myers on Facebook. Um, you can message me on any one of those. My DMS are always open. So slide on in puppies. Um, I'm happy to answer any sort of questions or booking inquiries I'm always open for stand-up bookings I'll do your improv show I'll do your wrestling show I'll do your I'll do a burlesque show if you want me to I'll jump out of a cake I won't exterminate your apartment but I do make a hell of a stepfather (laughs) have you ever jumped out of a cake before is that a thing no but I would I've I've been I've gotten been in a dunk tank before but I've never jumped out of a cake but it's you know you know bucket list things
0: I definitely proposed the idea to Spencer Love of having like them wheel out a giant egg for me to hatch out of. a the cooker style. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. And we it was just like, well, where are we going to acquire a giant egg?
1: And so it We're didn't end up happening. It out of paper mache. that's why Spencer that's why Spencer needs me around. He needs somebody crafty like me. Ah, that would have that would have been helpful. Uh it would it would have been great, I think. Um agreed. We'll push for that. Yeah, Never yeah. Said
0: ever. Love, love, love wrestling uh night t- 2 of uh Love Wrestling 3. We'll we'll try and get it done.
1: Yeah, night 2 part 3. B. Yep. <laughs> um uh
0: you did mention that you uh you were going to be in the WWE in uh 2009 and that it yeah. didn't end up uh working out, but like how close did you uh come? Did you end up wrestling on any like uh SmackDowns before the show or anything like that?
1: No, I've never actually had, like, a match inside a WWE ring in front of an audience. um, Just at, like, tryouts and stuff like that. And before the shows, but never, like, like I said, in front of a live audience. No dark matches or anything. Um, So in 2009, I went down to Florida for a tryout that they were holding at the time. They were doing, it was one of those tryouts where you paid $1,000 and then they would give you a tryout. Which was a great opportunity. And I just really wanted to learn from... WWE people and kind of see what it took to be there Um, I knew that they were going to be awarding two contracts at the end of the camp but I had no like that wasn't what I was going there for I knew I still had a lot of growth to do um, as an entertainer and as a wrestler so I just went down there to like kind of meet people and network and like kind of like get my foot in the door but more so just learn Um, and at that time like I said it was 2009 it was actually in um, FCW what was FCW at the time. So Florida championship wrestling, which is owned by Steve Kern. So at that point there was like, Steve Kern was there. Um, they were running to de- developmental out of there. So Dusty Rhodes was wor- working there. Um, Kidman was one of the trainers. Um, Norman Smiley. There was a whole bunch of like phenomenal uh, in ring, like trainers. Yeah. A lot um, of those people at- are still at their like performance center. Totally. Yeah. So they're people that work for WWE for a long time. And then we'd do promos at the end of every one of our days. So we'd be basically wrestling for four hours, five hours, maybe even longer. Uh, And then with a lunch break in between or whatever. And then at the end of the day, we'd end off with a promo every time. And then Dusty would like watch those promos. And that was where I was like doing well. I'd gone down there with promos have always kind of been my bag or I've been comfortable talking, gabbing, as you can probably tell by me running off in the mouth on this podcast, but I've always been comfortable talking. So I was able to do that. And Dusty took a liking to my promo. And so he called me out and he was using me as an example of what he liked. And so I could tell, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's really like such an honor to be like this Dusty Rhodes. Like his promos are so great and yeah. renowned. And here he is like throwing a biscuit and saying mine aren't bad. So he was really sweet and encouraging, and actually encouraged my, my feminine side. Mentioned that it reminded him of Dustin, of his son, who was playing Gold Dust at the time. So it was like quite a compliment. It was the first time I had ever had my feminine side noticed by a wrestler and not made fun of, it was embraced rather than mocked. So that was really lovely. Uh, and so then I, I came home expecting nothing of it waited on my like evaluation card and then got a call from one of the people working at WWE at the time and they offered me a contract Oh, solid! so yeah it was really cool so they called me and were like "We'd like to extend an offer to you uh for a wrestling contract and uh they were, had mentioned that they thought I was a little small so if I could put on some size that would have been great they really emphasized to not use any sort of enhancing drugs um, to gain that size. Um, and then we started the process of me getting a work visa and all that stuff for, um, my move down to Florida at the time. So I made it all the way to the drug test. And then I got popped for smoking pot and then they called me and they said the first phone call we got, they said that, um, marijuana was a fine, that it was a $500 fine and that you wouldn't be lose your job, but you would be fined. And dealing with a lot of anxiety, almost like I knew it was there, but it was untreated anxiety that I was dealing with and depression and all this stuff. Um, And I was an an addiction to marijuana. Um, I was like, well, I just I I had still had some pot in my system when I went down. I got popped. They called me and they said they were going to have to rescind the contract. So I thought if I got popped, I was going to like pay a $500 fine and it was going to suck. But the contract they offered me was going to be making more money than I had ever been making before in my life at that point. So I was like, I would, would have had have the, the money. The
0: roster, like, probably, you know, smart yeah, sport. Yeah, I don't know.
1: At that time, I don't know. I know that it was also post, we're talking post Guerrero, post Benoit and Arrow, where they were very hesitant about drug use and where things were very, um, very, very much not okay to be doing any sort of drugs. So. Yep, they called me up and they told me that they had to rescind my contract and that they, yeah, they'd pop me for marijuana. So then that led to more depression and more anxiety. Um, and yeah, then I kind of, but I had two choices like in front of me. I could either like quit wrestling um, or I could continue doing it for like the love of it and try and get back in WWE's good graces and hopefully show up there again one day. Yeah. So that's what I did. I just knew that it was all I knew, and it was where my life was, and my friends. So, as much as it was really hard to eat crow, because I'd done my full like goodbye tour and like crying in the ring, and like all the wrestlers coming out and like applauding me, and the goodbye Randy Chance, and the, uh, and you know all the thank yous and all that stuff, and then to come back and be like, oh hey, I didn't go, was hard, and it was hard for me to be honest about why I didn't go and people were nice enough that they weren't too prying about it but it was definitely awkward and i didn't know where i wanted to go from there but going back into the ring was the best thing i could have done you asked earlier if it's ever helped with my mental health and that was definitely one of many occasions where it gave me the outlet i needed um an outlet when i wanted to hurt myself an outlet when I didn't, I wanted to show the world how much pain I was in, but they weren't necessarily going to understand my emotional pain, but my physical pain, they could see. Yeah. And that was easy to to show them and to put out. So that's what I did, and I went back into the ring, and Kurt Sorokin was nice enough to bring me back and back into the fold, and from there, I guess I didn't really look back, and went back for another tryout in 2012. Um, It was a different crew of people. Dusty was still there at the time. They weren't so focused on promos, and I wasn't as good as I was the first time I went. I wasn't as, like, uh, or I don't know. I just didn't get picked the second time, and it was what it was, but it was like I met so many great people and lived so many great opportunities that I wouldn't have lived. If I had gone to WWE, I would have had great opportunities there, no doubt. But I wouldn't have got to make the weirdo hero necessarily. I wouldn't have got to do improv, live those dreams. Currently, be living my stand-up dream. Um, you know, I don't know whether I would have ever even been able to come out uh, in that atmosphere. You know know what I mean? Um, I
0: think that, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I don't think that anyone's success as a wrestler is necessarily dictated by whether or not uh, they went to WWE. Like, I know a lot of great wrestlers that have never been in WWE. Oh, for uh, sure. For sure. And, like, so I wouldn't hold yourself to, like, thinking, like, I wouldn't feel like, you know, you didn't, you had to stop wrestling because they didn't want you at that time, like... Uh, I'm curious though, like if, if their stance on marijuana has like softened up, especially like on the Canadian boys, cause like it's pretty much legal now, isn't
1: it? So like, yeah, I, I don't know. I know that like it is, but then there's also like, depending on which state you're in, they can kind of have it be like state dependent. Um, they can also like under any sort of, um, you know, athletic um, contract, they can kind of decide what substances are banned and what substances aren't banned even down to like vitamins and stuff like that so they can be very particular um i know that uh definitely they're not going to lose a a big talent for smoking marijuana they're not going to fire them at yeah. this point um but i was not that so i mean i know that like they told me not to i understood that it would have been a fine but then it ended up being more than a fine so I I get I fucked up and I don't blame them for any of that and it is what it is and it was just part of my story and my my journey thus far
0: yeah I mean that that I mean that's the craziest part to me is that like they were like yeah we're gonna hire you and then you you know they just changed their mind because you smoked some pot like
1: yeah for sure
0: I'm just like big deal
1: (laughs) yeah no for sure right super weird
0: yeah um for sure um so having having uh, like not actually wrestled on like a Smackdown or anything, what is like what would you say the biggest uh, crowd you've performed in front of was,
1: jeez, uh, oh, there's been a couple different different times where like there's one time I wrestled at uh, like a big a, a big festival in Ottawa, and I believe that there was close to two thousand people in that audience. So that was a pretty big draw that night. And it was just kind of one of those things. It was like the Stampede. It was like the capital X, I believe it was, in Ottawa. And Bret Hart was on that show, Christian Cage, AJ Styles. So it was a bunch of big names. And I think there was, yeah, 2,000 people in that arena that night. So that's probably my biggest audience. That or one time, I did a tour of the UK. And for some reason, one night, there was like, I don't know, just uh, all the kids in the uk it felt like we're at this show and there was just like probably in reality probably just over a thousand just children so and then there was parents on top of that so there wasn't a definite number that night but it would have to be one of those two shows
0: oh okay what was it like wrestling in the uk and doing like a tour over there
1: oh it was super fun it was uh it was different it was interesting to be wrestling like every night as opposed to like the normal Canadian schedule of like once every two weeks or whatever. Right. So it was, yeah, like all the time in front of like audiences and like a different audience and harder rings. So the style was definitely not as hard hitting. You couldn't, you weren't going to want to take as many bumps, especially if you're having to do it every, every night, you know, five days a week mm-hmm. um, and harder rings. So it was definitely like a bit of a, a change to like learn a different style somewhat or acclimatize to their style, but it was like they were super fun. And I met some people over there that, again, are like still friends to this day and memories that I'll cherish forever. So it was, it was cool. It's if you can get a chance to wrestle anywhere different, step outside of like your normal crew of people. It's great. We find like wrestlers or wrestlers, no matter where you find them. And it's a common bond that we share. It's like family. Right. So no matter where you go, if there's wrestling, you'll find a friend.
0: Have you uh, gone to, like, Japan or Mexico?
1: I haven't gone to Japan or Mexico. Um, I find with, like, again, it's, like, so much different styles in different places. Um, For me, the lucha style or the hard-hitting Japanese style has never really been, like, something I've wanted to do. Um, It's not really just my pace. And it's not that there isn't wrestling that could be my pace in those places. I just haven't had that in my, like... I have a lot of weird dreams, but that those two haven't been things that I've set in motion so far.
0: Okay, I just I like when I think of like sort of like the the wrestling the main territories, I do think of like you know the Canada and and America, then like
1: Mexico, Japan, and then like Europe. Yep, you know? for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, like I guess I, it's it's all very different though. I think is one thing that I think kind of gets forgotten in that like I have so many times I'll have people tell me well if you want to make it a wrestler why don't you move to Japan and I'll look at them and be like well if you want to make it as a plumber why don't you move to Taiwan like you wouldn't do that with any other job like you wouldn't be told move out of your country because you want to be good at the thing you do no um, you know what I mean? Like if you want to be like I don't know, like whatever kind of thing like I want to run a daycare, well you're not going to be able to run a daycare unless you do it in Germany. Like no, come on, we should be able to do whatever <laughs> we want, where the fuck we want to do it. And that's where like having these promotions like Love Wrestling and and New and things like that that'll have hopefully an opportunity for Canadian wrestlers to make a name for themselves and to make some money for their pockets so you know, we don't have to go to we can put Canada on the map we can be the stars in our own country yeah a
0: hundred percent um it this is uh yeah it's been a a great uh, hour talking to you uh Randy um we are gonna wrap it up here just because I'm I don't i do not want to take up uh all of your time but uh yeah no, let's just,
1: wrap it like a Christmas present my friend
0: okay I just uh want to say thanks again for coming on the show it was uh really uh great to see you at the uh Love wrestling, uh, change the game thing. Hopefully, we'll get to see you at more events. Uh, whether that means you're coming back out here,
1: or I'm going uh, out there to, you know, hopefully both. Hopefully, we wings. can get your egg touring across the Canada. Yeah. You know, yeah. get that egg, the cross Canada egg tour.
0: Yeah, yeah. On show
1: A, show B, show C, <laughs> yep. night two of of night two of <laughs> yeah. of of Z, uh, part four, return of the living ring yeah yeah on the pre-show there we exactly go. well of course yeah i mean come yeah. on don't get your head too big you know yeah 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 all
0: righty awesome possum this has been uh monday night shaw uh with uh, ravenous randy myers uh thank you very much again for coming on the show and uh we'll uh uh talk to you again soon and for everybody listening thank you very much and uh we will talk to you again very soon as well
1: bye